Got you, man. Gotta bounce back. Shout out to my homie Keys, Xavier Keys, on the vocals on this. Okay. Honestly, they couldn't stop me if they wanted to. Gotta get up, go out and get it, and that's what I'm gonna do. I've been focused, I'm not hungry. Yo, I'm starving, dude. Grind mode with my team, we making these power moves. Honestly, they couldn't stop me if they wanted to. Gotta get up, go out and get it, and that's what I'm gonna do. I've been focused, I'm not hungry, you're gonna starve me, dude. In grind mode with my team, we making these power moves. Cause I ain't got no time to be wasting with all this music I'm making. Man, I'm tired of being impatient, so I keep making these moves here with my crew. Vow to myself to always stay true, so I don't care what nobody else do, I know why. Like an erection, bumps in the road, but nah, I ain't stressing. I don't work out, but homie, I'm flexing. Every time I get on the beat and I bless it. Rise and shine, and I never let another come and stop my grind Cause I grind all night at the gig, no lie Then it's back in the booth for some overtime, come on Nope Mm-mm Shout out to Miss Alma Ramos Shout out to Miss B Uh-huh I said I Hey, hey, hey My monster will get them So I don't care what y'all say I just keep grinding yeah, I stay working, cause it's, you know I'm, I said, uh, that's right, in the lab with a pen and a pad, I, I, let's ride, make it look so easy, don't let make y'all mad, one thing I know, one thing is certain, I can't stop, won't stop, cause me and my team stay working, one thing I know, one thing is certain, can't stop, won't stop, on the grind, getting mine, I'm working, no sleep, spit heat, killing these tracks, and I'm not gonna stop till I'm up on top, I'm supposed to be, everywhere I go, I scream as people, we more than a crew, we a family, working, trying to get a couple Grammys, G, have them sitting on top of the mantelpiece, thank God, go hard, they just mad, cause I'm on my job, but where I'm from, I see the grind is starving, starving, I just can't do it. Not having it, unthinkable. So I turn in the stretch, arm strong, and now I can reach the unreachable. Let's go. Hey, trying to. Yo, they. I said I can't sit still. I just laugh at y'all haters. So, uh, yeah. Hey, 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 hey. Mom's told me, so why don't. Let's go. I just keep. Yeah, I stay. Cause it's, you know I'm, I said I, that's right, uh, in the lab with a pen and a pad, I, I, let's ride, make it look so easy, doesn't make you mad, one thing I know, one thing is certain, I can't stop, won't stop, cause me and my team stay working, one thing I know, one thing is certain, can't stop, won't stop, on the ground, get in mind, I'm working. Don't ever let anybody tell you that you can't get what you want. Whatever you dreaming for, you get out there and you get it. You make it happen. Never mind the haters. Real still. Because uh, all day, always, get them. Yes, sir. I'm grinding. Stay working. Hey. I said, uh, that's right, in the lab with a pen and a pad, uh, let's ride, make it look so easy, don't it make you mad, one thing I know, one thing is certain, can't stop, won't stop, cause me and my team stay working, one thing I know, one thing is certain, can't stop, won't stop, on the ground, get in mind, I'm working, Gotta. Yes, sir. Love him. Rise and shine. Pour yourself a cup of coffee and tune in to Good Morning Aurora. News, weather, and really cool interviews. Monday through Friday from 8 to 9 a.m.
morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. The time is 8.02 a.m. It is Monday, the 16th of May, and you're listening to and watching Good Morning, Aurora, the second largest city's first daily news podcast. We have a lot to talk about today, a lot of things to get um, through. We're going to say thank you for the weekend to all of our great listeners. We have a wonderful and fantastic guest today, and we're going to talk about Oh, poetry, the literary world, and all of an expression and many diff uh, uh, different things. But I want to say right now uh, a very good morning uh, to our dear friend Saul Olivas. And uh, good morning, Aurora. would like to extend our condolences to him uh, at this very moment. Saul, we hope that you are okay this morning, dear friend. And you know you got friends with us. The time is 8.03 a.m. Uh, Maria is here. Good morning to you, dear friend. And uh, Jennifer Ryan Mayton, good morning. Greg Zilioli, Josie Mendoza Geller, Gustavo Avia Sr., and Patricia Stein Moore, good morning to you as well. Um, so we had a great weekend. Our two year anniversary party was um, on Saturday at McCarty Mills. It was great. We really appreciated you guys. Let's give a round of applause. Those are real people. That wasn't just a button. <laughs> But thank you for everybody who came out. Thank you to all of our fans, our listeners, and our supporters, um, our elected officials, our local folks, our great colleagues. Um, this two years has been a great journey, and we're going to be here for 98 more. Thank you very much to the uh, to the uh, Soto family, uh, Dora, Devin, Alvin, and uh, APD. Very much appreciated. All right, dear friends. So we've got a uh, we got a great guest today. She is a poet. Great writer. She gives great advice, too. Really good <laughs> advice. Uh, before the microphone came on, she was telling us some great things, and uh, some of them will translate into new opportunities and uh, interviews for us. That trail of superlatives leads to only one person, Karen Fullett Christensen. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are good. you feeling? I'm doing well. Thanks. The birds are chirping. The tulips are... Uh, in bloom. Right, 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 right. <laughs> um, so for those who are unfamiliar with you, I gave you a brief intro. Uh, introduce yourself. I'm Karen Fuller Christensen. Um, I've lived in Aurora for the last 23 years. Okay. Um, I've been retired for the last just about 10 years. But for the last two years, I've been the city's poet laureate. All right. And so I was appointed by Mayor Irvin um, in January of 2020. And unfortunately, almost immediately after I was appointed, the pandemic yes. arrived. Yeah. So that put a little bit of a monkey wrench in our plans. But um, I've been plugging away for the last two and a half years to do everything I can to promote poetry right. in Aurora. And actually, I've had a great time doing it. Yeah. Um, so, and if I'm not mistaken, you gave us, when you were appointed, you gave a speech at City Hall. Was that correct? Because I, I believe I did watch the appointment when you did well that was it. actually that was the most amazing experience the city um because the city always does a great job and i want to do a shout out to clayton muhammad who clayton is muhammad. oh yeah the world's best party organizer um <laughs> they did a wonderful ceremony at gwendolyn brooks school over on the east side um it, to install not only me but also the three deputy laureates so fermina ponce and Anthony Stanford and Quentin Johnson. So the four of us were installed what I like to call the poetry posse. Okay, I like that. Yeah. Poetry posse. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but we had a, it was a wonderful ceremony. I had an opportunity to read some of my work. Um, Michaela Halberkin, who's the executive director of the Aurora Public Library, made some remarks. Okay. Nick um, Thompson, Thompson, whom you know, mm -hmm. he read one of his poems. We had lots of balloons and cake and lots of friends. It was fun. All right. Fun. Yeah. Sounds good. Christine Walker, good morning. Leo Zarco. Oh, Leo Zarco hi, is both here. Of you guys. Hello. <laughs> Christine and Leo, good to see you guys. Anna Sierra, good morning to you. Leo Zarco came to the party. Mm -hmm. uh, it was really good to see him out and about with us as well. I have a great Leo Zarco story for you. Oh, you do? Yes. Okay. So All right. About mm, 2013, July of 2013. Yvonne Booth, who I know you've met. Yes. She and I met, were introduced to each other. Okay. Total coincidence, circumstance, whatever. We had never, our paths had never crossed. And we had coffee, we talked, we had a great time together, and we decided to start a writer's group just for poets. Okay. So the group is called A Town Poetics, 
and we meet on the fourth Tuesday of every month from 6.30 to 7.30, and we meet now at the West Branch of the Aurora Library, which, by the way, is now beautifully rehabbed. Not Eola, the one on the west side. So the one connected to Washington Middle School. Ah, okay. And they've just done a great job of putting in new carpeting and painting. Anyway, so Leo is someone that I was introduced to and um, had been told that he was a really good writer, and... I encouraged him to come to A-Town, which he did, and he said, well, I can't write poetry. Well, that, in fact, turned out not to be the case. Right. <laughs> he writes really good poetry, and he writes really good love poetry, girls. Yeah. <laughs> you know? If there's one thing that man can yeah, do is write some poetry. Really yeah, he's got really good poetry. But it makes, it's, it's such a great um, anecdote in my mind because so many people say to me, well, I can't write, and I'm like, yes, you can. You just have to do it. Right. Yeah. 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 You have to find that passion within you. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we all can write. Mm-hmm. Some perhaps may write better better than others, but if you have it inside, you got a story to tell. Writing is a fantastic way to get that story out. Um, I've been thrilled by many writers. Anthony Stanford, oh, he's yeah. a great writer. Now he doesn't he write for the Tribune or something? Yeah, he does a lot of freelance. In fact, he's That's got a book is. as well. Um, and I'm not remembering the title. He'd be a good person for you to interview. But he's a really good writer, and he has written some of the poems that he's written that I've read reflect on his experience as a Vietnam vet. Okay. Um, but he's yeah, he's he's a really good writer. You know, that's the thing that has been so excellent about being poet laureate, and I'm going to miss it when my tenure ends, which is going to be soon. I've had a chance to hear people's work, and I've had a chance to talk with kids. I've had a chance to work with kids to do some workshops. It's in you, as you said, if you have a passion, actually, if you have a passion about anything, if you can put words down on paper, whether you show them to anyone or not, right. just getting that out, getting your life experience out, and poetry is a great way to do it because there are no rules. Um, I had a conversation when I was first appointed as laureate. I called the poet laureate for the state of Illinois because I'm like, oh, what do, what do we right. do with this, right? A little advice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tell me what you did and what where you've been and so on. And um, his name is Kevin Stein. He was a retired professor at Bradley University, and he spent a lot of time with me on the phone. But one of the things that he said is one of the reasons people are so intimidated by poetry is because we don't do a very good job of teaching it. And we make it scary, and we make it sound like it's some kind of secret, esoteric, mysterious sort of thing. Right. Um, I was fortunate. I had teachers in high school who didn't present poetry that way. Um, they made it very accessible, and they read my my writing. I mean, they read my stuff, and That's they were. That's a good were, feeling. It was a really good feeling. Um, I did a workshop. Uh, at the beginning of April, April's National Poetry Month, and I was invited by um, an eighth grade teacher, language arts teacher at Fred Rogers Magnet School. Okay. Um, her name is Laura Kruger, and Evelyn Moy, who is the Learning Resource Center director. We spent two hours with eighth graders doing poetry, and the teachers had done a great job of preparing the kids, and they did this really cool thing. They turned the Learning Resource Center into kind of a beatnik cafe. <laughs> so they had little black tablecloths and they had the teacher had gotten black berets for all the kids to wear and we were doing kind of a poetry slam. Nice. But when they got up in front of the mic to read, I was just blown away. I mean, eighth graders. Right. I've been writing since I was in high school, 14, which is a long time ago. I'm 71 now. Congratulations. But, yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. Not really. But I was, oh my God. Oh, my God. The other great experience I had with kids, um, when my granddaughter was at my house because school was shut down for uh, COVID and we were doing Zoom remote learning, the teacher asked me, when she when DeVore was in second grade, the teacher asked me if I would do a Zoom with the class, and I did. Right. And after I read my stuff, they did a Q&A with me, and one of the kids asked me the world's best question. He said, what does it feel like when you're writing? And I was like, oh, my God, it's Let such a magical <laughs> thing, and I can't really describe it. And that's what I would say to anybody. When you get into that zone, when you start putting your ideas and feelings and thoughts down on paper, 
um, something magical happens. Right. You know, um, I think one of the reasons, to your point, too, that uh, poetry or or being a poet and really people stepping into that role and saying full-throated, I am a poet, I think one of the reasons why it's become difficult is, is unfortunately, for a lot of, you know, a lot of media doesn't or has not done a good job of letting the world know that there's more great writers and poets than perhaps Ralph Waldo Emerson and other people. You know, you see these quotes. They're always quoting famous, well-known poets. The old white guys. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, people have been writing poetry, hello, all for right. in all the decades and time since. Right. So there's an oversaturation. Yeah of the classics right. and they haven't allowed new people to become classics that you know that's is that a is that a is that a fair statement it's an absolutely a fair statement and i think that um that professor stein would agree with you you know that we just haven't exposed not only have we not exposed people to anything beyond the classics but we've stayed in the realm of um i'll say english speaking poets right Fortunately, the word, there's a lot of poetry out there that is not from the United States, that's not from Great Britain, mm -hmm. and because I think because of the internet, much of this is accessible that wasn't accessible before. There's a beautiful, one of the things that we do in A-Town Poetics is we give ourselves a monthly challenge, and one of the things that we did, and I can't remember, I think they're called gazelles. Okay. It's a form of Persian poetry. And um, so it dates back many, many hundreds of years, and it follows a particular form. We gave ourselves a challenge to write gazelles, obviously in English. Right. None of us speaks Persian or I was Iranian. Say, wow. No, no, no. <laughs> not in my not in my language bucket. But anyway, we've challenged ourselves to experiment with different forms. Haiku, for example, and right. taiga, which are Japanese forms um, that follow a very specific mindset. But exploring all of that culture and different cultures and different languages and the different rhythms that people use. Um, yeah, the world, and I don't mean to denigrate old white guys because sure, absolutely I, not. my favorite poet is William Wordsworth, who was an 18th century British poet. And I actually just spent two weeks in England with my daughter and I got to go to Wordsworth's home. Okay. And I wrote all kinds of poems about that. But, but the world is bigger than just that right. group of writers. Right. You know, the other group that's been hugely neglected is women, uh, women poets. Um, yeah. Because again, men dominated the, the academic classroom. Men made the decisions about what was being taught. Right. And I don't mean to turn this into a feminist rant, no, but, but there's a lot of really talented people that don't fit the um, the mold, the expected mold. You know, when when hip hop and rap first were out, it wasn't my generation, and I'm like, yeah, what's up with this? But then I found a book by Nikki Giovanni, who's okay. a brilliant African-American poet. Yeah. Um, and she compiled an anthology that's called um, Hip Hop Speaks to Children. And it's a book that has a number of poems and then a CD that goes along with it. And she's even got Langston Hughes reading one of his poems, who obviously he's no longer alive. Yes, but, rest in peace, Langston Hughes. Absolutely. Yeah. But the when you, poetry is meant to be read out loud. Poetry is a dialogue between the reader and the listener, or the, the writer and the listener. And it's a two-way street. And when you hear people reading their poems, it's just, it gets you really excited. But the thing about hip hop is the rhythm. Yes. You know, the meter. And I think that's a great way to engage kids. You know, you, yeah. you think poetry is really boring? All right, well, let me read you some of the poems in this book. Yeah, uh, it has, rap has become an acronym over the years to stand for Rhythmic American Poetry. Ooh, oh, I oh, didn't yeah. know that. Rhythmic oh, American oh, Poetry. I yeah, okay, there's I did a, not know that. There's a great rapper. His, uh, unfortunately, his, uh, his vocal cords were damaged in a car accident uh, -huh. uh the doc yeah he came up with that rhythmic american poetry oh man yeah so it's and um and again rap expression it's just expression even when you hear uh like for example you're, you're talking about i think it was um a persian poetry i've read subtitles of like um the hebrew dialect and mm -hmm. arabic dialect mm -hmm. when you hear it mm -hmm. it is 
uh, it's very stunning to you. Mm -hmm. It is beautiful. Mm -hmm. And that's drawing you, and then you can read the words. Right. So there's always a way to be engaged and stay engaged and, and get a value out of what you're listening to. Yeah. Um, the time is 8.17 a.m. Jasmine, happy Monday. Y'all stay blessed this week. Well, thank you very much, Jasmine. Much appreciated. Um, so what was the first poem that you ever wrote? Um, I probably wrote, okay, when I was in uh, high school, which was in the 60s, the early 60s, there was a big folk music revival going on. Okay. And I had um, all my friends, myself included, we all learned to play acoustic guitar so we could be so hip and cool. Which no, we were, no, we were not. Yeah. you're still hip and cool. I, yeah. Yeah. I, can't well, I, I like to think so. Yeah, I like to think so. But anyway, um, we also were very entranced with the notion of writing our own music because of Bob Dylan and Joan Baez. And I'm mentioning people that you probably have no idea who I'm talking about. I know about. Bob Dylan. All right. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. But anyway, um, we all thought we were great musicians. Well, my music was terrible, but my lyrics were pretty decent. Mm -hmm. And I was writing a lot about the anxiety and angst of being a teenager. Um, I was actually, Vietnam was going on. So right. even at that time, I was writing about <clears throat> Vietnam. In fact, I have a poem that I wrote, I think I found, I probably wrote it in 1968 or 1969. So I would have been in college by then. And it's called Masters of War. Um, and it was about the Vietnam War. My friend's brothers were all getting sent overseas. And so it was very much part of my life. And at that time, because we had encouraging teachers, I can't say enough about how lucky I was to, to, to have great English teachers in high school. They had us look at um, song lyrics and interpret them. Um, they had us read our work in school. So I'm guessing probably the first poems that I wrote were about that kind of thing. Okay. I'm remembering also when I, um, my parents were a little bit, reluctant about my going away to college. Um, they had both, they both had, were college educated, but they had gone to a community college in Chicago and then Roosevelt University. Um, but they were, I was the oldest and they were, eh, you know, we don't know if we're ready for you to go to school. But anyway, I remember I wrote, I got it accepted at Northern Illinois University, which is where I went. And I wrote a poem, which I set to music to my parents and it was about this thing about I'm ready for the next chapter of my life and I hope you understand this. Mm -hmm. And I found that it was easier for me to express those feelings to them in this poem set to music than to have a conversation. Right. And, so. um, and away you went. Yeah. Good. I did. I did. Um, so were your parents, they had an ear for poetry I assume like when when you started writing yeah they were receptive um they weren't not receptive okay. I think they, they were actually more support this is funny they were more supportive of the guitar music um than my writing per okay. se no they in fact <laughs> yeah no 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 they were very very supportive in fact they were supportive of just about everything that I did but um I don't think poetry was particularly important to them um again I think it came more from my parents, my teachers, my college roommate, who I'm still in touch with, her daughter is a musician in a band called Olive and Almond. And Sue and I talk about the fact that when we were in college, you know, we would all sit around with our guitars and do our little hoot nannies and, of course, and yeah. all of that. So <laughs> just hang out and rock just out. Hang out. <laughs> well, it wasn't rocking out because we were very serious. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. This was not any. No, no. We were very serious. We took ourselves very seriously. All right. Understood. Yeah. yeah. There was a message and you had to listen to get it. Okay. So yeah. we're not rocking out. We're no. actually making substance You here. got that. You okay. Got that. Yep. Um, so good morning to everybody. Dora Sanchez Soto, Janice Collins. Um, I'm going to take us to that commercial I was telling you about and give the folks here some local news. Uh, and then we'll come back to our great discussion with our friend Karen Fullett Christensen. Dan Barrero is here. Good morning to you, Dan. He just had a birthday, I think. He right? did. Dan yeah. Barrero. Happy birthday, Dan. Um, Janice Collins, good morning. And shout out to the special guest, Karen, from Dora Sanchez Soto. Awesome. All right. So this is uh, Armed Forces Week. Our friends of Mission Barbecue, as we've told you guys about for a while now, they have military appreciation days all this week, culminating uh, with a Lunch with the Heroes this Saturday. So today, the 16th, is 
the Army being represented and shouted out. Marine Corps has tomorrow. The Navy has Wednesday the 18th. The Air Force and Space Force have Thursday the 19th. And the Coast Guard is represented on Friday the 20th. Lunch with the Heroes will begin at 11 o'clock a.m. to 2 p.m. on this Saturday the 21st. Join for a free sandwich and be sure to arrive before noon for the live national anthem. Shout out to Mission Barbecue, the American way. Okay, and uh, also don't forget that Marie Wilkinson's Food Pantry has a toiletry drop-off thing going on uh, for Father's Day. Men, you know, deodorant. That's the ladies are telling us. Get the deodorant. <laughs> Get freshened up. Um, so we are one of many drop-off locations. Our address here is 5 East Downer Place, Sweet Tea. The other locations are State Farm Office at 2003-2003 Montgomery Road, Suite 101. State Representative Barbara Hernandez's office at 540 West Galena Boulevard, and Marie Wilkinson's Food Pantry at 834 North Highland Avenue here in Aurora. And I wonder if, Maria, would you mind putting the uh, email address I highlight for in the chat for the folks? Thank you kindly. Uh, and then, last but not least, some quick pieces of news. The um, Aurora Area Interfaith Food Pantry has the next women-only uh, Food Empowerment, Mobile Empowerment Pantry, excuse me, uh, coming up May 19th. So uh, women are invited to pick up free household products and food. Admission and parking are free. ID and registration are not required. Shout out to Rebecca Dunnigan, Outreach and Program Coordinator at the Aurora Air uh, Food Pantry. 226 children and 117 families were served at the last drive-through. Absolutely amazing. Women's only empowerment mobile pantries are planned for the third Thursdays of the year. Interfaith added these pantries in 2021 with a grant from the Aurora Women's Empowerment Foundation, an Aurora-based nonprofit formed in 2018. Shout out to our friends of the Food Pantry and congratulations on all of the good work that they are doing. The time is 8.24 a.m. Janice Collins, uh, Jessica, good morning to you, Jessica. Anita Lewis, Anita Lewis says, love to read books, but now you make me want to get a book of poetry. Thank you. Hey, Anita, go ahead, get some poetry, get some poetry going on. Judge Bianca Camargo, good morning to you. And Norma Peterson, dear friend, is here as well. Norma Peterson is the executive director of Document the Abuse. Get to know the EAA, that's the Evidentiary Abuse Affidavit. Time is 825. Okay. So, um, now, do you have a place that you like to write? I do, um, and I have a, a method, and I'm extremely disciplined, and that's something that I want to suggest, Certainly. and this is true for anything in your life that you're going to do. Um, I have a home office. I typically... Is one piece of advice that I always give to writers is when you have an idea for a line, go write. Stop what you're doing and go write. You're not going to remember. Um, even if you write it down in a notebook, you won't remember what the force was that was driving you. Right. Um, I'm fortunate. Uh, my kids are out of the house, so I can have peace and quiet. I, I can stop at any time what I'm doing. But I write at, a, at my computer, and then... I print out what I've written and then I write it out in longhand okay. in, a, in a notebook because that's where I can catch if I'm being too repetitive. I can catch if the line breaks aren't working, um, but I do have a, a space where I can write. Something that I did that really uh, triggered poetry, in 2009, I had, I've never taken a creative writing class. My degree is in social science. Um, and I saw an ad in the Wabansi catalog for a non-credit poetry class. Mm -hmm. I signed up for it. I went to the class and the teacher was very good and she made a comment that she was helping us find our voices. Mm. And I thought to myself, you know what, I already know my voice. What I need to do is have a routine. Right. And I made a commitment to myself, which I kept for three years. I got up at 5.30 every morning and I wrote for 20 minutes, Monday through Friday. And then on Saturday, I would spend time editing what I had written. That unleashed everything that had been hanging around in my head and in my body, I think, for the last however many years. I had written through high school, I had written through college, but I had not had time, you know, when I was a young parent and building my career and all of that. 
And so I'm trying to think in 2009, I would have been in my 60s. And I literally, as I said, for three years, wrote every day. Right. And once I started that process, everything just took off on its own. Um, so my, my message, my advice is when you have an idea, sit down and put it down on paper and then create a discipline for yourself, whether it's a, a place where you can write or a routine. One of the things that we do in A-Town that I love every summer, usually in July when it's horribly hot, we have a, <laughs> we have a writing and walking retreat at Lippold Park on Route 25. Okay. In yeah. North Aurora. So we meet in the parking lot and we we tell each other, just go take a walk. Don't talk to anybody. Walk for half an hour, 45 minutes. Sit down and write. And then we come back to the pavilion and we read to each other okay. what we wrote. So that's another piece of discipline. You need to find a peer group. You need to find a posse. You right. need to find people that you can share your work with that are not going to be critical because um, you don't need that. You don't need criticism. Right. You need support. Exactly. And you need positive support. And you need hugs. And you need people telling you you're fabulous. Yep. Um, and I think that for too long, that's that's also been kind of one of the problems with uh, poets or people who have that desire in them. You mm -hmm. know, um, when you tell somebody what you're happy about and they're not matching that enthusiasm, then your balloon is deflated. I, absolutely. And I've absolutely. always been, I mean, and I know people, that's, we, so before the camera came on, we were talking about, uh, you know, your granddaughter mm -hmm. and, you know, my son, they're the same age. Right. And it's like what they want to do. In our day, that was insane. Right. We don't tell them that. Right. Yes, that's, you can do that. That's right. Absolutely. So people need to be reinforced. They have to have that discipline because to our conversation too, that's how I found my like soul and allowed my wings to grow was finding my discipline every single morning mm -hmm. even when you're sick mm -hmm. even when you're sick mm -hmm. right absolutely Create, yeah express. And, and let because that's that's the thing of it too if it's not poetry it's something else there is no person on earth who does not have some creativity inside right and it it could be a realm of things and it isn't for others to tell you what what it is it's wonderful if you have people that help you bring it out. Again, right. I keep reflecting on my high school teachers who were so supportive uh, and my friends who were, who were super supportive and still are super supportive. But we all have that seed and we're all put here to be part of this human chain of expression. Human chain of expression. I love that. Well, that's why I'm the poet laureate. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I knew you would, brother. No, right, 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 right. right. No, but I'm, I'm serious about that idea. And it's all about, and that's one of the things I, I was so excited to go into classrooms in the last couple of years. I love what teachers are doing. In fact, I just got a Facebook message from a teacher at Oswego East High School who is a creative writing and spoken word teacher. I'm like, what, really? There's such a thing as this in high school now? Mm -hmm. And he sent me um, a picture of his classroom, and it's totally decorated with, positive sayings and all kinds of quirky games for the students. And I'm like, oh, I gotta meet this guy. So hooray for teachers. And again, the teachers at the Fred Rogers Magnet School, Laura Kruger and Evelyn Moy, they're so creative. Right. This is, I think, a different world. I think people who are teachers now should be lauded and given kudos and appreciated because there's so many challenges for them. Right. But for them to be enthusiastic and walk into a classroom and want to get the kids excited about words or math or science, whatever it is, right. you know, that enthusiasm is infectious. Um, now, Aton Poetics meets the third? The fourth Tuesday of every month. Fourth Tuesday, okay. Um, West Branch of the Library. Um, anyone, any age, you're welcome to join us from 6.30 to 7.30. In April, uh, I think it was April 26th, the library hosted an open mic okay. um, for poets, and there were about 20 people who showed up, which is wow, great. Yeah, great. Yeah, you know what? It's, we again, got a great society of poets here. We do. We do. This is a wonderful community. And I, I have to really compliment Mayor Irvin and Clayton mm -hmm. for having been so supportive of, first of all, the idea of having a poet laureate is very unusual. Right. There are not very many cities in the U.S. who have created that position. Um, 
you know about the trees that were planted on Arbor Day? Yes, right I saw that. Right outside the door. Yeah, across from uh, SciTech. Right. Yep. So to make that kind of a statement, a public statement, to say that the arts really matter, Yeah. Um, that's part of what makes Aurora a wonderful place. Absolutely. And the symbolism of planting trees. Mm-hmm. That, was, mm-hmm. that was absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Um, so I see that you have uh, some poetry. Oh, I do, but I want to recommend some books okay. uh, f- to the person who had looked for um, books. Absolutely. I just recently uh, read two novels that are written in verse, yeah. and they were recommended by friends of mine who are in a book club. One of them is called Punching the Air. Punching the Air. Okay. And the other one is called Angel and Hannah. Angel and Hannah. Yeah. And Marek, you could put those titles in the chat, please. Thank you kindly. Yeah. They're, they're both... Um, they're not appropriate for kids. They're definitely, I would say, high school. Okay, high school is okay, but not okay. younger kids. Um, and the other book, if you can put in the chat, is Hip Hop Speaks to Children, and it's edited by Nikki Giovanni. Wonderful. Yeah, those would be my recommendations. Yeah, let me read. You know what I wanted to do? I wanted to read a poem that I wrote, because my job as laureate is to write for city occasions. Okay. I mean, that's, that's poet laureates are a creation, I think, of the 13th century, and it was kings who brought in uh, poets so they could sing their praises. I mean, right. that was the idea of the laureate, right? Of course, yes. Right. Oh, Henry. Exactly, right. You're so cool, even though you've beheaded six of your right. wives. But anyway, <laughs> right. yeah, right. Exactly, exactly right. But the the pleasure that I've had in writing for the city is it's a different kind of poetry than what I typically write. Um, But I wanted to read a poem that I wrote for Martin Luther King's birthday this year and that I shared with the students at uh, Fred Rogers. It's called Make Your Choice. What would Dr. King do? Every second of every minute of every hour of every day, you make your choice. What animates you, what inspires you, what slaps you up the side of your head, what spark sits within you, lighting your heart, propelling your actions. Have you considered or contemplated your space in the world? Your purpose is what enlivens your dreams, if you dream, if you dare to dream them. Your gifts were bestowed with grave intention. If you show your worth, take your seat at the table, Share your hope. Know the power is yours. Make your choice. That's an absolutely fantastic poem. Absolutely fantastic. Yes. <laughs> um, one of the other things I wanted to tell you about is I'm on the board of directors for the time, which is the property okay. And for the last several years, um, the, the board has been very gracious in helping to sponsor an event with A Town Poetics during National Poetry Month during April. Okay. So we do a call out for work. Um, I set the theme, and this year it was rebirth. And we have poets submit their work, and then we put them up in windows yes. of downtown businesses. You probably saw those. Oh, yes. So the theme this year was rebirth. And um, let me see if I can find. Do I have time to read another book? Absolutely. Yes, you do. Let me see if do. I can find the one that I wrote for that. Thank you for the book recommendations in the chat from Maria. Oh, and people, but before I read this poem, everybody needs to check out the Aurora Poet Laureate Facebook page. I post, and I've done this since January of 2020, every morning I post a poem by a local writer. Okay. And... um there's lots and lots of them, and they're fabulous. We will. So after the show, I'll share that good. page okay. so that Excellent. folks can uh, follow and like that. Okay, All good. right. And uh, people are welcome to send me poems. Again, as long as I'm the laureate, I will continue to post. Um, can, you, can you put my email address in the chat? It's kfc16 at sbcglobal.net. So anybody who has a poem, no matter how old you are, um, I don't censor anything that's on the Facebook page. So open your heart and send me your work and I'll post it. Absolutely wonderful. Okay, so this poem is called Rebirth. I want to believe in the possible, infinite rebirth, not just recycling, but continuous and continual reinvention, reimagining, remaining open, paying attention, 
all the cliches that are only cliches because they are true, melding the pieces of who I am with who and what I might become. If only I dance with the universe, singing to stars, shedding dead skin, worshiping all possibility. That's very well written. I love that. Thank you. I like that. I like Thank that you. a lot. Um, so, story for you. With, with Rebirth, um, we were highlighting uh, that there was poetry in mm -hmm. the different downtown windows. We had a goose who was in one of the pylons out there. Okay. Where the dirt is. Right in front of our, um, in the building, right in front of the building. It was nesting. Now, you know geese. I do. One cannot get close to geese. They will. Not so, when they're nesting. Exactly. No, yeah. Um, and she was there and nested the whole time. I was very proud of that, that we were able, you know, and every day we'd walk past and it was all right. And she's nesting. And the last day that Monica, who since got her uh, master's degree, on her last day as an intern, the goose left. Then we saw her with her goslings. Right. Rebirth. Oh yeah! Oh, I right? love it. Oh, I mean, I mean, I'm getting goosebumps from right? this I mean, story. You can't really, you know. No, 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 no. But you I know, knew that I knew it was special when I saw that goose there. Well, I so knew it. there are no coincidences, right? I mean, you've probably figured this out. You're old enough to yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Things yeah. come into your life for a reason. Geese cross your path for a reason. Yeah. Um, if you open up your eyes, and I think that's what artists and poets do, and writers and musicians. They help us see the world. You know, we walk around, we're asleep all the time. Yes. Or we're so caught up in our own petty dramas that we miss the beauty of the world. Absolutely. And that is, I feel that's my job as a poet, that's musicians, that's everyone's job. We need to, as I said in the other poem, we need to slap each other upside the head. Yeah. Wake up. Exactly. Wake up and pay attention. Um, so I have, a, I have a question. This is more of a... Um, more of an opinion and a feeling, see what you think about it. Uh, we know that in terms of, you know, people became more withdrawn mm. during the pandemic or because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. A lot of the social issues, uh, domestic violence, the home, lack of feeling at the workplace, people leaving jobs, all that kind of magnified. But in terms of creativity, in your opinion, do you feel that the the COVID era, as I'll call it, did it help spur creativity or did it perhaps kind of make people withdraw? I mean, I got creative. You've been creative. Not everyone was so fortunate. But I mean, what's your opinion about that? Yeah, I think any kind of um, difficulty sparks creativity. Okay. I really do. And I think it's, it, it, it's a matter of are you listening to the difficulty and then letting it resonate within you and then see what it com what comes out of it. And that creativity could be something like you go back to cooking meals for your family. Right. Um, you go back to looking at pictures that you've had, you know, over the years stored that need to get organized, that start to spark memories. Um, I think it's it's it, it we we live in a I, I think COVID actually has been a blessing in a lot of ways, and maybe this helps answer your question. We're so busy with nonsense. We don't pay attention. And being forced to withdraw, being forced to be alone with ourselves, which is a scary thing for a lot of people. I mean, how many people, the minute you walk in your house, you've got the TV going or you're looking at your phone every right. 30 seconds. You're not engaging even with the people in your family right. or with your pets. You know, you're just lost in this goofy world. COVID forced us to to withdraw, to look at ourselves. I think that's a good thing. I do too. Um, you know, I'm sorry for the million Americans who were killed. That's a horrible thing. I'm sorry for the people who have lost their jobs or have lost their source of income. You know, suffering is not a pleasant thing, but suffering is essential. Right. It, 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 you, you can't, and maybe this gets back to my earlier comment about not seeing the world. You only start to see the world when you're forced to look at it. Absolutely. Which is unfortunate, Yeah. but it's the way humans seem to be. And so I think COVID has been a great opportunity. I know so many people who have taken up 
craft projects who have taken up reading, you know, maybe they weren't doing before. I have, um, I started taking, I mean, besides playing guitar, I, I play the piano, not very well, and I won't play in front of anybody, but I bought a new piano when COVID started, yeah. a, a digital piano, and I've been practicing every single day. I haven't missed a day except for when I'm traveling, and that has opened up all kinds of things. But if not for COVID, right. I wouldn't have been forced to sit in my house at a piano for half an hour every yeah. day, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, I had to literally lose my livelihood. Mm -hmm. I had to, like, I lost a lot. And it put my back against the wall yep. emotionally, yep. Uh, mentally. Yep. Uh, I've told, I've said before on the show, like, you know, my son's mom and I are not together. Okay. Volunteering has always been something I do because it helps me, you know, do something with those miscellaneous hours of just being a single parent. Mm -hmm. When COVID happened, I couldn't do that. So I was, I mean, the last time I was in one spot for a long time, I was on like a ship or something like that. In the Navy. I was just not in a good place mentally or emotionally. Um, and what I always thought about doing, I said, you know what? You got to do something. And here we are two years later. And look at what he, exactly, you know, yeah. So you have to, the, 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 I agree with you. A lot can come out of suffering mm -hmm. if you're just willing to take that chance and at least be somewhat positive with it. Um, and I'm, I'm happy for all the people who are writing and doing things um, with poetry. The time is 844. Uh, Josue, good morning to you. So do you have, what's your current calendar like of events and with works? Do you have more works in the, uh, in the process or the pipeline, as they say? Well, I don't, I'm, I'm fairly certain that the mayor is going to announce a new search okay. for a new laureate pretty okay. soon. I, I think that's going to oh, happen. Oh, because when you're your tenure. Well, uh, I was only supposed to serve for a year. Okay. So I was supposed to be from 20 to 21. Ah. Um, and then I was asked to just continue because of the pandemic, which was fine. Right. In terms of my work, I do not, um, I self-publish my work, okay, and I do it as a PDF, and I've got 26 manuscripts, and I, they are free to anybody who sends me an email. So again, I know you're putting my email address in the chat. Um, send me an email, I'll send you a manuscript. All right. <laughs> um, I'm for, very fortunate in that I don't need the money that get from selling books. Yeah. Poetry books do not sell, and I recognize that, and I do not want to drive around with a bunch of books in my trunk, right. hoping that my family members and friends will indulge me. Yeah, um, my best clients are my, are my cousins. Yeah. That's exactly right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I've sent things out to family members, and I'm sure no one reads anything, and that's just fine. But anyway, if you want a manuscript, send me an, an email, and I'll be happy to send you a PDF. I'm right, I write all the time. Um, and it is more, it's more for me personally. I, I love it when I have the opportunity to share my work with other people, either through a reading or a presentation or one of the events that the city has done. But, um, I just love to write. Right. And it's important to me. It's important to me. Um, do you write in cursive? I do when I write out after I've because I'm old, so I learned how to do cursive. I understand I they're not, <laughs> I understand people don't. However, here's the reason why writing in cursive is important. Um, and I'm gonna go back and put my teacher hat on for many years ago. When you use multiple senses to learn something, you retain it better. And there's something about that fluidity of the motion. Maybe this comes from playing piano and guitar and all of that. I don't know. Anyway, that fluidity of motion helps your brain. Mm -hmm. So for those of you that do not know how to write cursive, go learn how to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. I've had to be the guy to de you know, uh, decipher many things for oh. young people. My mom wrote a letter. Can you tell me? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It right, says you yeah. need to be home by 6 o'clock. Yeah, right, 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 right. Um, so the time is 846. Leo Zarco says, thank you for sharing, Karen. Josue says something here. Pain is an artist livelihood. The more pain, the more art. Um, it's not poet. I'm thinking about music. Mm -hmm. Some of the most talented musicians mm -hmm. have gut wrenching stories. Absolutely. 
he's right about that. Pain can provide a uh, content, and I don't mean that in a in a, in a negative way, but it, it can. It's therapy in a way to get that story. Well, it's, get a gr- it. it's growth. Okay. You know, everything, think about everything that happens in the universe. <clears throat> I mean, think about what's going on right now with spring, right? Right. You have, I mean, this is such a cliche, but it's true. You have winter, everything dies and is covered with snow and is brown and all of that. Yeah. But then look out your window this morning and like you said, see the tulips and Absolutely. see the trees. Um, I will say, and this is the the privilege of having lived as long as I have, and I'm very grateful for that, the most difficult circumstances in my life have been when I've probably written the best, my best work, Mm. because it's been a way of, of dealing with that and having, knowing that it will come out okay. I mean, knowing, and and I think we all have to believe this, whether you have a religious faith or a faith in whatever it is, it doesn't have to be a faith in a deity, but know that you will come out on the other side and you will be okay. And a key to that, which I think everyone knows, we need support. We need people, and this is another lesson from COVID, you know, we need people around us that are on our side that are going to be our cheerleaders. Yes. And if you have people in your life that are not, walk away. Yeah. Walk away. Yeah, I've told many friends, uh, our mutual friend, um, Christine Walker, oh, yeah. for example. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Christine Walker was with me when the, the show started. She used to be my uh, my co-host okay. uh, for a good number of time. But there's many people who I haven't, I guess we're still friends, but I had to walk away from. Mm-hmm. I had to just get away mm-hmm. from because doing this and the kind of people that we talk to and as we talked about before the show started, this is what I always wanted to do. It matters to me that people can know where to donate blood. Mm-hmm. It's important to me that um, health services for women are able to, you know, people can hear about that. And I had other friends who were just like, you know, why are you talking about mammograms? You know, like what? And it's like, you know, if if you can't see it, then I'll holler at you later. Well, not only that, but you're doing a critical thing for your own mental health, which is being plugged into a community. Yeah. Like when you when you start caring about other people and caring about what's going on, your own problems fade mm-hmm. into the background. You can't, my dad used to say, you can't keep two thoughts in your head at the same time. I don't know whether that's true or not. But I think his message was, if you focus on going out and doing something positive, taking some action, then the negative things in your life will go into the background. Yeah. And you'll you'll feel a sense of renewal. When we connect with, I mean, this is a human need. We need to connect, which goes back to why poetry is so important, why art is so important, why music is so important. Right. It's a way to connect. It's a, it's a conversation. It's a dialogue. And um, if I tell you my most vulnerable feelings, then you're going to feel that you can share the same with me. And now we've made this very magical connection of humans. Right which is what we're meant to do. Absolutely. Uh, our friend Vanessa Rodriguez Aguirre uh, says, have you ever published an audio book or do you have any recommendations? Um, I have not. I think there's any opportunity that you have to hear a poet read his work or her work right. is a good one. Um, and you can find all of that online. The two that come to my mind, if you can find um, Dylan Thomas, the Welsh poet, okay. um, reading his work if you can find um amanda gorman the young woman that did the poetry at uh, joe biden's inauguration ah yes the because um when people speak their poetry there's a whole nother dimension right you know it's great to read it but also when you hear it's it's spoken um if you have an aurora public library card and you are not on hoopla H-O-O-P-L-A, right. you need to be, okay. because you can download all kinds of audio books, poetry, and all kinds of other things for free because yeah. you have a library card. Yeah, they have a great collection. They do. And the Santori branch has always been uh, instrumental in trying to get that yeah. word out about the And the service. Aurora Public Library, each of the branches, mm-hmm. has a really, really good poetry collections, uh, excellent, excellent poetry collections. I don't know if I asked you, do you have a favorite poet? You know, 
I have so many. I'm William Wordsworth is on my mind because of my say. trip to you England. Did say, right. But um Sylvia Plath and Adrian Rich and Billy Collins, who I was so fortunate. Were, I, were you around when we did the Midwest Literary Festival in the early 2000s? No, I was okay. not. I was All right, not. well, anyway, um, that was a very cool thing that lasted for a couple of years. But Billy Collins, who at the time had just finished his tenure as the U.S. Poet Laureate, um, was here and spoke, and he was amazing. One of the reasons I love him is he writes about everyday stuff. It's not esoteric. It's not hard to figure out what he's writing about. Right. I think sometimes that kind of poetry can be off-putting, although it's it's beautiful. But it can be if you're if you're having to spend a whole lot of time trying to figure out what someone's writing about, that might discourage you right. from pursuing it. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the time is eight fifty-three. Yikes! Where does the time go? My goodness gracious. Uh, Amanda Gorman's books are definitely at the library in audio. Thank you very much for that, Christine. Uh, Josie Mendoza says, 8 a.m. It's time to tune in. Curtis is live with the guests to hear. There are questions and answers that enlighten our lives. Thank you very much, Josie. A positive focus with community and mind. A bit of kindness, compassion, and love all around. We learn from each other. Strangers no more. We are now family. Aurora, our bond. Thank you very much for that, Josie. And Melissa Huer, good morning to you as well. Leo Zarco says, thanks for sharing. Um, Emily is here. Good morning. And thank you, Maria, for putting in Amanda Gorman and Dylan Thomas. So when you were in England, um, I haven't been yet. I, oh, I really, I really want to go. I really want to go. Oh, really oh go. it's the best. I want to go to Trafalgar Square. That's yeah. on my bucket list. Yeah. Um, I want to take an iconic photo with the red, uh, oh. uh, Telephone. Oh, the telephone booths, right? Yeah, the telephone right, booths. Right, right, right. I'd like to have some fish and chips yes. and all that kind of stuff. They're uh, much what, better there than they are here, by I, the way. I, much better. <laughs> I can imagine. Um, what was your favorite part of the, I know Mr. Wadsworth's place and property probably did it for you. What else was it about the English experience? Well, the best part, I have a daughter who lives in England. Okay. And she she was transferred there by her company um, several years ago, and then COVID hit, and we weren't able to visit, mm. which it was on my, totally on my bucket list. So she and her partner drove us all around England and all around Scotland. Um, was fabulous. My favorite place was Oxford, um, because I am a total addict for a PBS program called Endeavor. Okay. Um I'm in, I'm in just in love with that program, and it was very cool to be in the place where the Ooh. show is shot, and we had a tour with a woman who was telling us all about the various secret things. I'm also a huge Harry Potter fan, so okay. just being at King's Cross Station and seeing the nine and three quarters uh, entry, you know, to yeah. the train, I was that was a big deal. What I loved about England was the people. Everyone is, and I'm sure there's bad people everywhere, but people were so polite. Um, we had a number of older people who, when they found out that we were Americans, came up and said, we want to thank you for World War II, for saving us. I was completely taken aback by that. Um, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous country. Um, people are, they're just calm. They're not as crazy as we seem to be here, yeah. even in London. <laughs> I, we spent two days in London, which is a financial capital of the universe, right. and everyone's running around, mm -hmm. you know, with their phones and their suits. But we got on the commuter train to go from uh, Greenwich back to um, the main part of London, and people were just so nice on the train, even though we're all jammed together. Right. And I mean, again, I grew up in Chicago. I rode the L and the subway my whole life. A very different vibe. I've ridden the subway in New York City. Yeah. It's a very different vibe. Um, people were respectful of each other. Yeah. Anyway, I wish we could. I, I, that's a part of our, our heritage as Americans, that politeness. Right. Even if you don't mean it. Could you just pretend? Exactly, yeah. We can all be doing much better in our in our uh, daily interactions with each other. We certainly could. Well, the other thing that I loved, and you mentioned something about this too, whenever I travel, I'm addicted to watching the news in that local community. And so BBC oh. news, but watching it instead of just listening to it, 
that had to be great. It's so cool because the news people are so calm. Yeah. It isn't like when you turn on the news here and every everything is hysterical, right? Oh, yeah. Everything is let's raise the level of emotion and get people really screaming at each other. Yeah. Not at all. And you can tell that too. We know that we you can tell that in the delivery. They have a dare I say using the word agenda, but here there's an you know, yeah. they're they're tailoring it to make you present what they need you to present. You got that it. is wrong. It is wrong. That is wrong. I agree. And it, it leads to this, I think it's lead, led to the polarization. It's yeah. led to the um, lack of civility. Absolutely. Um, what I was, I was just so struck by their ability to just put calming influence. These people lived through the Blitz in right. World War II. You know, we have not, yes, we had 9-11, and yes, we've got domestic terrorism, and yes, we've got a lot of way too many guns in this country, blah, blah, blah. But they've lived through horrifying yeah. times. They're much more mature than we are. Right. And maybe that's really what comes through. Yeah, Americans have not lived through day and night German air raids. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Destroying the field museum. That's destroying a, yes. the soldier field. Well, what's going on Destro in Ukraine? Exactly. The same exact thing. Exactly. And when you listen to interviews with people in Ukraine, of course they're upset and they're they're crying and they're devastated. But there's a level of maturity even there for these people that are really experiencing horrific right. suffering. Right. Um, I don't know. I... I worry about that, and I know we're not talking about poetry right now, but maybe we are. I worry about our inability as Americans to care about each other. I do, too. I do, too, which is the spirit of the show and also the spirit of the guests that we have. Because I want people to come together. Mm -hmm. This is a sandbox. Everybody's got to play nice in it. Mm -hmm. One can go home and go to your class after, but for recess, to you, you know, yep. your teacher, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah. this is recess. Yeah. And everybody will play in the sandbox nicely because we will, for this hour in the morning time, if you woke up in a crazy mood, for, from 8 to 9 a.m., I hope that people can well their disposition to have a better rest of the day. And hopefully that can, you know, that little bit of, uh, that ripple can, can continue to grow. So yeah, I um I think it is kind of poetry. It is expression, and we all want the we want the same thing. Mm -hmm. We want the same thing. Um, the time is eight fifty nine. Yikes! See what? See that? I know. It just went. Yeah. Just evaporated. Like, um. Okay, so Emily, our dear friend of Zenloft, says good morning. Hi, Karen. Emily Bo, good to see you. Dan Barrero, when it's nine a.m. and we're out of time, the show will still be on my mind. There's an ongoing poem really, in the chat. Really, you guys really, can add to that if really, you want to. Really. Um, so it's 9 o'clock. Uh, thank you very much. Oh, thank you. This was an absolutely fantastic episode getting to know you. Um, I'm going to, we'll be sure to share the page, A-Town Poetics. Thank you. Um, and let it be known. When is your tenure officially up? Um, any minute. Any minute. Okay, because it's actually overdue. <laughs> that's up to Mayor Irvin. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's right. up to Mayor Irvin. Um, I think uh, Christine Walker said you could be our uh, poet laureate emeri uh, emeritus. Emeritus. Right, right, um, right, right, right. So something right. to think about. Yeah, right. Um, the show ends on a positive note. What is your message today to the people of Aurora? Go out and love each other. Okay. Simple. Yeah. Good message. Yeah. Um, well, we hope that you guys all enjoyed this morning's show. Uh, I want to say thank you again to everybody who came out to support the show over the weekend. And even if you didn't make it out, you were there in spirit. Thank you to the Soto family. Thank you very much uh, to Scott, or excuse me, Sergeant Carter of APD. Uh, and thank you to everybody who came and all of our listeners and our great guests like Karen Fuller Christensen here. Thank you. Um, take care of yourself and each other.